It is the Everything is Marketing podcast. My name is Eric Hulkerin. It is a rainy day in Grand Rapids, Michigan, which is where we are doing this today. Uh, as always, live from the Grand Rapids MLive Media Group offices located downtown. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about the Instagram change, the algorithm that everyone's freaking out about. More about Snapchat, because if you're not in on geo filters, I'm going to tell you why you need to do that. It's all next. Marketers ruin everything. Welcome to the Everything is Marketing podcast. What I don't want to do is to pretend this is show number one. What would the hero of your life's movie do right now? Do that. Do those things. All right, it is the Everything is Marketing podcast. My name is Eric Hulkerin, director of marketing here at MLive. And a lot of people are talking about the rumored change that is no longer a rumor. It's actually going to happen on Instagram. Now, prior to this change, the Instagram algorithm worked in chronological order, meaning as posts were put up, they sat in your newsfeed in order. Now what's going to happen is that Instagram is going to show you the most relevant posts to you to more mirror closely their parent company, which is, of course, Facebook. This, of course, has lots of brands and brand managers and marketing analysts and uh, chief marketing officers freaking out because it's changing the Instagram model and changing the way that they advertise on this platform. What happened is users usually miss about 70% of what they have opted into on Instagram. And so Instagram, in their press release sort of way, said that, look, the change in the algorithm is to make it a better user experience. So that when you log on to Instagram, you are seeing the best 30% of the content that you have opted into view that you possibly can. Even if you're a heavy user, you're probably not seeing, you're maybe seeing 40%. But on average, most people see about 30% of what's in their Instagram feed on a daily basis. Why are marketers freaking out? Well, because if they can't get into that 30%, then their stuff won't be seen. And what I'm seeing is a lot of chatter about people saying much the same thing they said when the Facebook algorithm changed. And I will say this. We are in marketing. We are in advertising. We are in connecting with customers. And I've said this a couple times in keynotes, so I'll say it again because it relates absolutely to what's happening on Instagram. These social mediums may start as a free place to play. So right now, if you're talking about Snapchat, you can play for free right now and still make a connection to people. You can play on Yik Yak for free and still make a connection with people. You can play on Peach for free. You can play on Musical.ly for free. As these things get traction, they become mass mediums like television and radio and newspapers and magazines and billboards. Guess what? In your budget... There's a line item to spend on advertising. You spend it on television and on billboards and on newspapers and on magazines and on radio. But for some reason, there are still people that think that social media should be this free way for you to connect with a billion people and somebody else should pay the freight. And this argument drives me crazy because it's no different than when you talk to journalists and publishers that are figuring out how they're going to build a model for people to pay for content that they normally get for free. I've got a friend who teaches journalism here in Grand Rapids, and one of his favorite things to do is to get all of his students together, and he'll say to them, all right, how many of you consume stuff on the internet in any sort of content, right? And they all raise their hand. He says, how many of you pay for all of that content that you consume on the internet? None of them raised their hand. And then he says, how many of you would like to get paid to do journalism for a living? All of them raised their hand again. And he says to them, don't you see a problem here? And don't we see a problem here? Guys, 
If you want to be successful on Instagram and you are marketing your business, you're going to have to put dollars against it. And not only are you going to have to put dollars against it, you're going to have to make compelling content. So both of those things make you bubble to the top. This is exactly the same argument that's happening with ad blocking. People are freaking out about ad blocking, and it's certainly going to affect some people. But if you are putting the work in and doing killer content, ad blocking won't be such a big deal if you're doing it right, in my opinion. And when we're talking about Instagram or we're talking about Facebook, uh, not so much Twitter because I'm still not sold on the ad platform of Twitter, but for Facebook and Instagram, If you're sitting around and going, my organic posts aren't reaching who they should be reaching anymore, that is because we are in a pay-to-play space, just like if you were at a television station, a radio station, or a newspaper. So the algorithm is going to change. We know that. How are you going to react to that? That is the game that marketers need to learn. And for Instagram... There was plenty of white space for a long, long time, meaning you could put up an image of your brand or an image having to do with your brand and get a ton of likes, a ton of engagement, a ton of shares and sell some stuff. When that algorithm goes into effect and that change happens, that is not going to be the case anymore. Things change. White space disappears and you've got to adapt. How do you get above the noise? One way is money. The other way is killer content. And your job is to figure out the secret sauce between the two so that you can still make an impact if Instagram is an important, I should say, part of your strategy. This is no different than what you're doing on Facebook. If you're not spending to promote your posts and then mad that your posts don't reach who they're supposed to reach, you have to change that immediately. And the first thing you should do if you've never done that is go through Blueprint, which is Facebook's training on how to use their ad platform. It is absolutely the thing you should start with if you haven't done that yet. Um, So start there and then start advertising on Facebook if you're not getting the reach that you want to get. And we're not talking about thousands of dollars, guys. We're talking about tens, twenties, maybe hundreds, depending on what you want to do. This will be the same on Instagram. They're owned by the same company. You run your Instagram ads through Facebook if you haven't done it yet. And this is the time for you to figure out how all of this stuff works so that you can react when the algorithm goes into effect. Do not wait for the change to happen before you change. You have an opportunity right now because you know the algorithm is changing for you to adapt and change yourself. This is no different than when we talk about Snapchat. And we've been talking about Snapchat for a while here. And the reason we've been talking about Snapchat for a while here is because it's absolutely on fire. And if you have not played, if you have anything having to do with events, you do event marketing, you do any sort of events at your place of business, and you haven't played around with Snapchat geo filters, you should change that immediately. They've got a template that you can play with and you can get in there, get a geo filter up there for five or $10 and play around and see what happens. What we are seeing in the Snapchat geo filter space is as follows. The metrics, they're not super robust, but they're really telling. So you get to see how many people actually use your filter and then how many people essentially saw or the reach of said filter. So uh, we did one about a, not even a month ago, three weeks ago for Fall Out Boy. They were at the Van Andel Arena and uh, we did one that had none of our branding on it. It said sponsored by MLive when you went to it and then that was it. And the filter essentially was their concert poster 
and then allowed the user to use the text function of Snapchat to fill in the box that said, I wish they would play, and then you could type in the song. About 3,800 people used it, and it was seen by almost 50,000 people when it was all said and done. That was on the tails of probably our sixth or seventh test to figure out how the Snapchat geofilter works and the best way to do it. And here is what we figured out. We have figured out that if you're going to play with the geofilter, one, start experimenting and understand how the fencing works, how the geofence works. So where you're going to fence off and where this uh, filter is going to live for how long and for what purpose. Why are you going to do this? Then when you're in the design function, and this is where Lots of brands got it wrong or get it wrong or continue to get it wrong. You saw Burger King when they did their horrible hot dog geo filter or when Cheerios did their terrible National Cereal Day filter. This is not a place to cram down ads. This is no different than when Twix wanted to run their TV commercial on Snapchat in one of the Discover platforms. It doesn't work, guys. It's a different language. Your geo filter, it can have branding in it, but your geo filter has to be a layer of content on top of their content. You want them to want that piece to be part of their snap. So your filter has to be something that adds to what they're already doing. And when you're in the event space, this is the easiest place to start because you have a natural piece of content that can add to the content that they are already putting up. You want your geo filter to add to their life, not subtract from it. And if you're putting an advertisement of eight cartoon hot dogs and says the way I feel when Burger King when I found out Burger King had hot dogs look nobody cares and every use that I saw of the Burger King hot dog filter was either ironically or snarkily and neither one of them mean that they're going to go buy hot dogs which is a problem so being on the platform and being dull to the way that you're supposed to speak on the platform is harmful to your brand you know that and I know that if you're going to experiment experiment and when you get to the point that you're ready to execute and i mean in in a you should be executing it as a live fire drill even as if it's just in your office and have your people play with the filter so they know what it's supposed to look like and how it's supposed to work then when you're going to go do something make sure that the geo filter adds to the thing that is happening and isn't just an overt ad meaning an advertisement you want to add as in add value to what they're doing and make it so that they want your filter to be a part of their snap look at the way people use the lenses right the the funny filters where you can look like you're puking rainbows or crying or what you know whatever we're, we're doing at this particular moment if you've played with any batman superman wonder woman ones you know what i'm talking about that's what you want your geo filter to feel like that my photo my snap my video would not be complete if i didn't have this part this extra piece of art on top of my filter that's what your geo filter should look like so your assignment for today if you have not already if you're in the event space or you host events or sponsor events make a geo filter start testing now because this summer this fall this christmas season they're going to be huge and you want to know how to execute on them and how to make sure that yours stick. Have a great day. If you need anything, you can always get at me on Twitter at Polymath and Vine, on Snapchat at Polymath and Vine, or on email eric at mlive.com. This is the Everything is Marketing Podcast.